Welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Ryan Bailey and I'd like to start off by telling you a story. It's November 1994 and as a treat for my 11th birthday, I'm taken to the London location of the restaurant chain Planet Hollywood. I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger's leather get-up from Terminator 2 being on the wall, a black and yellow Harley Davidson used by Sylvester Stallone in Rocky 3 being there, and the kind of American-style food you couldn't really get at many other places in the UK at the time. On that night of my 11th birthday, after standing on a chair and having a cake presented to me with the happy birthday song, the waiter leaned over to our table. I'm not supposed to tell you this, but Paul Gascoigne is sitting a few booths away, he says. Go over with your menu and he might sign it for you. At this point in 94, Paul Gascoigne is by some distance the most famous and celebrated soccer player in the UK. He's a national hero, a tabloid mainstay and well known for his love of nightlife. After dazzling on the World Cup stage and inciting Gaza mania, more on that later, he made a high-profile move to the biggest league in the world at the time, Serie A. On this night, Gaza probably should have been in Rome, recovering from the broken leg he suffered trying to tackle Alessandro Nestra in training seven months previously. But he was in London, and I'll never forget what I saw when I worked up the nerve to approach his table. Gascoigne with a beer bottle in his hand, sitting beside a large, unathletic man. I would later learn this man was his childhood friend, drinking partner, and minder of sorts, a man called Jimmy Five Bellies. As his nickname suggested, he wasn't slim. On the table, there was no evidence the pair had eaten any food. Instead, the large booth table was strewn with empty glasses and empty beer bottles, and also a pile of cash sitting in front of Gaza. It had 50 pound bills in it, which I'd never even seen before. It was an intimidating scene for an 11 year old to confront, but in that moment, Gascoigne completely subverted the wisdom that you should never meet your heroes. He smiles broadly, he mentioned that he sung along with my happy birthday song, and he happily signed a menu for me. Before I get back to my own table, he reaches into the pile of money in front of him, and he gave me £10 before once again wishing me happy birthday. It's hard to imagine any world-class player doing that kind of thing today, let alone one who was under such intense media scrutiny. So who is Paul Gascoigne? Well, he was a soccer genius, a maverick midfielder, an inspiration for an entire nation, and a court jester with a penchant for pranks. But he was a flawed hero who battled alcoholism his entire career and who suffered some public and tragic battles with mental health. In this episode of Soccer 101, we'll be celebrating Gaza and learning about him by looking at 10 major moments and successes in his career. We start in chronological order with his beginnings at Newcastle United, his local team whom he joined as a schoolboy. Gaza soon earned a reputation as one of the best midfielders in the world and in 1988 starred in one of the most famous soccer photographs of all time. In February of that year, Newcastle played Wimbledon at their unwelcoming Plough Lane Stadium and he was marked by the rather unwelcoming opponent, Vinnie Jones. The future Hollywood hard man decided to make his mark on the incredibly talented 20-year-old by firmly grabbing him in a very private area, causing the Geordie to wince and scream in pain. A photographer managed to capture the moment, which you can see if you Google Vinnie Jones and Paul Gascoigne. And I can see the picture on my office wall at my home, where it sits in a picture frame signed by both players. It's one of my most treasured possessions and a confusing sight for guests in my home who don't know why I have framed a picture of one man causing another man pain with an unusual gesture. 
In good spirits, Gaza sent Jones a red rose after that incident, and in return, Jones sent him back a toilet brush. In 1989, Gaza's stock was high and he was courted by Sir Alex Ferguson, who promised to sign him for Manchester United. However, Fergie went on a summer vacation and Tottenham slipped in and signed him instead, tempting the player by buying him a home for his working class family. He cost a record £2.2 million, pocket change today. He spent three seasons at Spurs in what was undoubtedly his peak years. Our number two great moment turned out to be his last game for Spurs, the 1991 FA Cup final. After scoring a sublime goal in the semi-final against Arsenal, he played a part in Tottenham's FA Cup win, but only a small part. He left the field after just 15 minutes after tearing knee ligaments with a red card-worthy lunge on Nottingham Forest Gary Charles. He missed the entirety of the following season. Incidentally, a former housemate of mine's father actually performed that knee surgery on Gaza, and I'm told he was a model patient. Our third greatest moment sees us drop back a year to 1990 and the World Cup in Italy. Gaza had never played a competitive international game before heading to the World Cup, but proceeded to become the star of the tournament as England progressed to the semi-finals for the first time since 1966. In that fateful semi-final against old foes West Germany, Gaza was typically sensational until he collected a yellow card for a foul on Roma's Thomas Berthold. It meant he would miss the World Cup final through suspension if England progressed. The cameras caught Gascoigne crying at that moment. And moments later, striker Gary Lineker signalled to coach Bobby Robson to have a word with him to keep his emotions in check. He has actually, Gascoigne, got a yellow card. Now, oh dear. Oh dear me. He's going to be out of the final if England get there. For the tackle on number 14, Berthold, Gascoigne has had his second yellow card of the competition. And here is a moment that almost brings tears to his eyes. So distraught was Gaza by the card that he opted out of the inevitable penalty shootout at the end of that match. He was replaced as the fifth kicker by Chris Waddle, who missed and watched as the Germans celebrated their passage to the World Cup final where they would beat Diego Maradona's Argentina. Moment number four in Gascoigne's history... His pop career. Yes, his pop career. After the World Cup, Gaza became a national hero who earned sympathy for the events in Turin, and the media couldn't get enough of him. Gaza mania, as I mentioned earlier. That arguably peaked with the release of a cover of the 1971 hit, Fog on the Tyne. In addition to hitting the music parade and becoming a daily story in the papers for his sporting triumphs and his off-field scandals, Gascoigne also had two computer games released in his image, Gazza's Superstar Soccer and Gazza 2. I actually owned the former, and it was good, but no sensible soccer or FIFA. Number five is Gaza's move to Lazio, which had been rumoured since before the year-long injury that kept him out of that 91-92 season entirely. He arrived in Italy in 92 and didn't do his best to win over the locals. He was famous for punching reporters out there who got in his personal space. He once burped into a reporter's microphone on live TV during a game and ingratiated himself with Lazio's owner by saying... 
tu figlia grande tete, which roughly translates as your daughter, big chest. Mm. His finest moment in Italy was arguably his first Rome derby, where he headed in a dramatic 89th-minute equaliser that forever endeared him to the Lazio faithful. Before we carry on with the Paul Gascoigne story, I'd like to tell you about today's sponsor, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location to a country of your choice, so you can access content that's otherwise locked in your region. So if you're outside the US and you want to watch live Premier League matches on Peacock or access an HBO Max account or Hulu, you can do so with ExpressVPN. Or if you're based, say, in the UK, you could subscribe to Peacock for $5 a month and see the Prem for a much, 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 much cheaper price than the domestic offering. And a VPN also allows you to explore streaming catalogues from your providers that are not available in your region. If you put your IP address in the UK, you can see all the streaming options available in that region. I've used a lot of VPN services in my day, and in my experience, ExpressVPN is the easiest to use, and most importantly, the most reliable. And we've got an offer for Soccer 101 listeners. Go to expressvpn.com soccer to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN free on a one-year package. And this goes for everyone, domestic and international listeners. That's expressvpn.com soccer for three months free. expressvpn.com soccer. Thank you to ExpressVPN for sponsoring today's show. Thank you to HelloFresh for sponsoring today's show. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get the dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh offers 23 plus recipes each week featuring a range of flavors, cuisines and ingredients so you'll never get bored. Eating healthier has never been easier with low-cal, carb-smart, vegetarian and pescatarian options every week. And no matter what you choose, every single recipe is packed with fresh produce sourced directly from farmers. Cut down on grocery bills and food waste, HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet and your wallet. Go to hellofresh.com slash 10soccer and use the code 10soccer for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Once again, that's hellofresh.com slash 10soccer, 10soccer, and use the code 10soccer, 10soccer, for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Back to the story and moment number six, Gaza's short-lived TV presenting career. In 92, the arrival of the Premier League put top-flight English soccer on subscription satellite TV, which most people in the UK didn't have. So free-to-air Channel 4, sensing the opportunity brought on by Gaza's move to Italy, bought the Serie A broadcast rights. Along with that, the channel proposed a weekly soccer show hosted by Gaza called Gazetta Football Italia, making a play on his name. I'm sick to death of you. Honestly, you come here, you're crawling, you're a creep, you're sniveling, you're pestering me, I've got no peace with you. And I know the story with you and the goat. Now go on, out. And what did you say, Paul? I said, yes, Mr Zeman. Will you let me play on Sunday? Gaza was brilliant on camera, but after not bothering to turn up too many times, he was replaced on the show by a producer named James Richardson, who you may have heard on other soccer podcasts. Gaza was involved in many prank skits on the show, and by this point, his pranks had become legendary. One of his best moments during his Italy stint came when he flew his friend Jimmy Five Bailey's, remember him, he flew him from Newcastle to Rome to visit him. Except Gaza booked his flight to Rome via Tokyo. 
One of Gaza's most famous clownish moments came in the next step of his career when he transferred to Glasgow Rangers in 95. He was simply sublime in Scotland, where he won two league titles and scored some ridiculous goals. One of his most famous moments, though, came during a game against Hibernian when referee Douglas Smith dropped his yellow card on the field. Seeing an opportunity for hijinks, Gaza picked up the card and proceeded to book the ref. The official didn't see the funny side and immediately booked him back. That moment of jest was better received than a highly controversial moment in the Old Fern Derby when he was there, where he mimicked playing the pipe of the Protestant Orange Order. That didn't go down too well with the notoriously Catholic Celtic crowd. Gaza was fined and received death threats from the IRA, an Irish designated terrorist group. In 1996, Gaza was sponsored by Adidas and was wearing the cleat that absolutely everybody wanted, the Adidas Predator. His cultural impact in the UK was further cemented by our number eight moment when Gaza starred in his very own Predator TV commercial, an arty affair called The Magician. It shows Gascoigne performing a series of magic tricks while kicking a ball around, and it looks like it was shot by David Lynch. I recommend you check it out on YouTube. That commercial came out around the time of the greatest ever summer for most English people around my age, the summer of Euro 96. Now, back in 1966, England was on top of the world with a world champion football team, the world's best fashion and the world's best music. 30 years later, in 96, it felt like Cool Britannia was happening once again. Oasis were the world's biggest band, Kate Moss was helping to make British couture chic again, and the England football team were once again hosting a major tournament they were destined to win. One of the finest moments of that summer came on a glorious sunny Saturday afternoon, June 15th, when England hosted neighbours to the north Scotland at Wembley Stadium. In the 79th minute of that bitter rivalry, Gascoigne scored his best ever goal. Collecting a Darren Anderton chip just inside the box, he instinctively flicked the ball over Colin Hendry's head with his left foot, darted around the bemused Scott and volleyed home with his right foot. perfectly encapsulated his genius, his cultural significance, and his ability to take a team to the next level. Now, so far, you'll have learned that Gascoigne is a tragicomic figure, an endlessly talented player who got in his own way. Sometimes he took the wrong fork in the road and often stood agonizingly close to glory. Our final Gaza moment encapsulates his character, the Euro 96 semi-final against Germany. Six years earlier, Gascoigne and England had experienced semi-final heartache in a major semi-final against the Germans, but this time, surely England had to come out on top. Surely. The game was deadlocked after 90 minutes, and it went to extra time. During the first period of extra time, Alan Shearer puts a ball across the six-yard box just out of reach of chasing defensive midfielder Stefan Freund. The ball rolls into the path of Gascoigne, who was destined to slide the ball into an open net from the far post. This was golden goal extra time. The game would have ended right there and England would have progressed to the final from Gaza's boot. But Gaza's slide for the ball was slightly mistimed and he missed it 
by a few millimetres. He laid in the goal mouth, exasperated as the ball gently rolled out into touch. England get possession. Played now to Teddy Sheringham. Trying to get Shearer on the far side. Onto the volley! If his boots were a size bigger, he would have been engaged in wild celebration. Gascoigne's story went on after that game. He enjoyed some successes on the field and plenty of trauma as his career wound down. He suffered some very public mental health episodes and battles with alcohol. He went to jail and he was sectioned and he left some wondering if his talent was wasted. Paul Gascoigne is flawed, he's imperfect, but his raw talent was undeniable. More importantly, his character is unimpeachable. He's also one of the kindest and well-respected people out there with a heart of gold and an instinct to put smiles on people's faces. I knew he was a kind soul when I met him in Planet Hollywood as a child, and I still know it now. Cheers, Paul, and thanks for listening, everybody. 